This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. And in this Easter season, this Easter season, I mean, I, my, my thought around Easter is that at least for, for many of us, you know, maybe we understand Easter in a, in a new way now. Uh, hard-fought knowledge, a, a challenge, and understanding the, the, the power of this story. I mean, an incredibly powerful story. And so much of our lives are based on this. What story do you center your life in? And I realize there's some people say, well, I don't center my life in any story, but even that's a story of sorts. And can we center our lives in a story that, yes, there is challenge, death even, and there's waiting, long, long periods of waiting, without resolution, and that there's resurrection on the back end. I mean, that is, that is the Christian story in a nutshell. And today what we're going to look at is we're going to look at that last part, the resurrection part, the enormous yes. And what we're going to look at is this very simple idea. We're going to celebrate and be surprised. Like, what does it mean to celebrate and be surprised? Like, we do exist in an environment, in a world, I think, where, where we can see the God of surprises everywhere. And to get started with that, I, I want to go through this, this beautiful part of the story, this resurrection part, which, which is what we celebrate on Sunday. And I mean, this day was considered so important, so important, that, that in Christianity we even changed the whole calendar because of it. You know, the Sabbath had traditionally been on Saturday, and then, then the original Christian said, let's actually make it on Sunday. Not so it can be the way that we end the week, but the way that we can start the week. And let that sink in. This is a message that says we start the week with resurrection. We start the week with that openness to celebrate and being surprised. So to do this story, I am very fortunate that we have a couple of new church, young New Church Live parishioners who are going to be reading the story for us, and then you're going to see some different visuals from the story itself. And we're going super high-tech on my phone here. So take a listen to this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful recitation of the Easter story. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? 
Thinking it was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. Mm. Such a beautiful story. And, and I want to talk about that story and, and the parts in it, you know, that we see again and again where there's this, there's this celebrate and being surprised. There's people being surprised all the time. You know, and I, that, that line there, too, of Mary, you know, where she's not sure where God is. She's not sure where Jesus is. She's, she's in the midst of her, of her pain and her fear and her worry and her anxiety. And all that's stilled by this, by Jesus very gently saying her name, Mary. And I think, again, let's live in that part of the story, that part of Jesus, like, gently saying our name, the Lord gently saying our name as a way to be with us, including in times that are incredibly difficult and disorienting. Now, there's three times, folks, with this whole concept of surprise, there's three times where the Lord isn't recognized. First off, thinking he was the gardener. And I love that line, thinking he was the gardener. Now, why did she think he was the gardener? Probably because he was gardening. You know, so, so there was one, there was one surprise. Jesus stood on the shore, this is later on in the Gospel of John, stood on the shore, this is after he's been resurrected, but they did not recognize it was Jesus. He called, friends, do you have any fish? And he would have said that with a smile and a laugh. As they talked and discussed these things, this is the road to Emmaus, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him. I mean, there's just three stories where where people didn't recognize Jesus after this resurrection, after this time where it all came true in a sense. This truth that came true, so much of it, folks, is this. that death does not have the last word. Death does not have the last word. Violence, vengefulness, anger, all those things, all those, all those things that we struggle with, none of them has the last word either. It's a much bigger story here. And again, I want to come back again by saying it's so important every Easter is, is to like to re-enter the story and to, and to, and to see this, oh yeah, this is a story where I can center my life. This is a story where I can come to understand. And that's not fully comprehend. That's just to understand that we are being held. That we are being held. I think there's, there's two readings here of, of the Lord's life. And I think these readings are, are significant. And, and there are two possible ways we approach the Bible. We approach spirituality. We approach, I think it's just the way we approach life. And there's nothing about the Bible that's different from life. If people want to look at the Bible and see, you know, perfection in it, you won't. You'll see lots of people making mistakes. You'll see lots of this. You'll see lots of that. You'll see lots of struggle. The Bible's much more about how we wrestle with spirituality than how do we come to a 100% clear answer on all topics spiritual. So with that in mind, I want to offer you this Easter just two possible ways we can hold Easter and we can hold life. 
Way number one is this, and this is, this is again, some Christian denominations would stress this more than others, but it's the idea that, that the Bible begins with what's called original sin. It's called when people start to blow it, when they start to mess up. And those mess-ups get so bad that you end up with, with crucifixion, Good Friday, and that kind of paid the debt for all these things that human beings had done wrong. So it starts with a mistake. It starts with errors on humanity's part, and it starts with paying a debt on the other part. Now, you can look at that, and, and it, you know, I, I want to say, like, the way I see it, the way I see the new church holding it is that, yes, there is human sin, and yes, there is human challenges, and it's, it's a used dominoes one year at New Church Live, and it's like these dominoes falling, and then here's Jesus, here's the Lord finally saying, like, and it will go no further. From the cross, saying, I'm going to say no to anger. I'm going to say no to vengefulness. I'm going to say no to all those hard parts of the human experience. It's interesting, one of the lines he has in there, one of his seven sayings from the cross is, it is finished. When it's all done, and he passes on to heaven, he says, it is finished. He doesn't say in a dejected way, like, I'm finished. Interesting. And he doesn't say in an accusatory way out there the Romans, well, you are finished now. He just says, it's finished. That idea that he had seen it through. Not given in to anger, vengefulness, and revenge, but it kept hope alive. And it kept forgiveness alive. Now the bigger story, too, we could hold it is this way. And it all holds this whole thing. Again, we could look at it from original sin to death on the cross. Or a second reading, and this is a transcend and include idea. In other words, it expands it and pulls it up. doesn't necessarily gate everything down here, but it expands it and pulls it up. The idea that the Bible starts with this, brothers and sisters, original blessing. And ends here with resurrection. Original blessing to resurrection. Now let's think how that changes things. Original blessing, you know, I love the idea that the, that the, the Bible starts out with, with creation, where God says it was good. Actually, he says it's very good. Tov, T-O-V, is the Hebrew there. It's good, very good. It's not the word perfect. It's not the word perfect. It's the word good and very good. So, so it starts there with that original blessing. And God blesses everything. He blesses the sun and the stars and the waters and fish and human beings and light. He blesses it all. And then it ends over here with deep resurrection of life coming anew of regeneration, of, of recreation. And we celebrate that again in the seasons. We celebrate that so much with Easter. And it's a resurrection, folks, that, that I want to put out there this because I think it's really important. Again, it's, it's a resurrection that was not there, again, and I've said this a few weeks ago, but I want to repeat it. It was not there to change God's view of us 
but to change our view of God. But to change our view of God. To move away from this idea of that there is, that God is into any form of transactional love. Where God centers us and centers His being and our being. In Him we move and have our being. Where He centers all of that is within transformative love. That's what resurrection really brings home. And it's, it's a resurrection that does not... Please listen carefully, brothers and sisters, because I know people are struggling. It's a resurrection that does not end suffering, but transforms it. Does not end suffering, but transforms it. As we start to see this work, and some of this work is really difficult, but we start to see it everywhere. Here's a beautiful piece of new church theology. God's love can't fail to be manifested in others that it's created. I would take a screenshot of that. God's love can't fail to be manifested in others that it's created. That idea that that is what love does. Love will manifest itself, and we will see it manifest itself. Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is concern. Yes, there is worry. Yes, there's all those parts, and they're echoed throughout the Easter story. All of them are true. But the last word is that love won't fail. The last word is that love won't fail. Of course, it had that appearance. It had that appearance for three days, and maybe for some of us it's three months, or maybe for some of us it's three years. And in the end, we know love simply can't fail. When we live in that place and we, we allow that love to, 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 to resurrect in our heart, when we allow ourselves to be surprised and to celebrate, to be surprised and to celebrate, things begin to shift, and they begin to shift in dramatic ways. I want to talk some about joy. Because I think that's what starts to happen, is we, we start to sense a joy, a deep joy. Joy, as one person put it, which I love, joy is a happiness that does not depend on what happens. Joy is a happiness that does not depend on what happens. We think about how that, how that connects here. Celebrate and be surprised. They found joy, no doubt, when they recognized Jesus, when they recognized the Lord, His resurrected body, when they recognized Him. But brothers and sisters, their life circumstances in many ways, this is so important, their life circumstances in many ways, in almost all ways, hadn't changed. They still had all the worries and concerns and challenges of life. They had all of those things. But even in having all of those things, what they had was an incredible depth as well, a depth of, of, of incredible beauty in their circumstances where they, where they could understand they could slide underneath the waves enough to be in that place of deep joy. 
that wasn't reliant on life circumstances. Folks, when, when we find that, I've said this a number of times this year, but, but it's, still like, it's still like, yeah, I, it's so important. Again, we discover that joy. And again, because I know we've got a lot of first-time people watching, that's the joy that frees us. Despite life circumstances. An amazing Catholic theologian, Pierre Deschardins, had this beautiful quote. You can write it down. I don't have this on a slide because I want you to listen to it. So I'd ask us to listen to this all by just taking a big breath. And just allowing these words to really wash over you and wash into you this Easter. And it's simple words. Joy. Joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of God. Joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of God. Celebrate and be surprised. Celebrate and be surprised. When we allow that to happen, we do start to experience joy, even though life circumstances may not have changed. And we find a gratitude that's, that doesn't have to be grateful for that thing. Like, for those of you, I know we have loved ones who are watching whose loved ones are struggling with COVID-19 right now. And it's not that we're to look at that and think, I'm grateful for that. No. What we're grateful for is the moment. We are alive, we are here, we are together. And that regardless of life in its physical manifestation, how that goes, that love can't fail. Because God won't let it. Love can't fail. Because God simply won't let it. So this Easter, over this next week, let's just find a way to celebrate and be surprised. And to maybe find little bits and pieces of that joy in our life. This Easter Sunday, throughout the week, moving forward. Because again, where we are right now, there's not the easy, like, tomorrow at 8 a.m. is going to be better. It's going to continue to be a struggle. And the question becomes, can we carry joy even through that struggle? A joy that's the base note, I think, of a spiritual life. And we can see that, folks. We can see that again in pictures like this. Pictures of our brothers and sisters out there on the front lines. Folks, we are so appreciative. For those of you who are watching here today, who are in the healthcare field, and have done just so much to help so many people move through this. We can see it as well as graffiti. This is one of our nurses who's a parishioner. She, she came to work, and I just love this. This is over at Einstein Hospital, and she's an ER room nurse, and she comes through, and somebody went through with wild graffiti 
throughout the parking garage putting things like this up. You gotta love that kind of graffiti. Celebrate and be surprised. We also can see this, as my, my dear, dear friend, Reverend Teresa Huber, put as a text message out to the sermon writing team. Last night at 8 p.m., many neighborhoods in Pittsburgh experienced the same thing. People walking out onto their front porches, ringing bells and clapping for all those who are working to serve during this difficult time. Most of the f- folks on Ben Hurst Street, is that like the coolest name street or what? Most of the folks on Ben Hurst Street, where I lived, were out on their front porches doing the same thing. We shouted wishes for good health to each other. And in that moment, that moment, we gave each other joy. It was awesome. And I could add onto that. And God smiled. Resurrection right there. We also see it in pictures like this. This is a young lady I was reading about on the internet who came home from cancer treatment, all dudded up in her Superman where and her neighbors had lined the street to welcome her back home. Celebrate and be surprised. We see it again over and over again with families who are finding ways to stay in touch while not actually able to physically touch the joy of grandchildren with their grandmother. Celebrate and be surprised. Resurrection's real. This beautiful one, Brian and Lori's little boy getting a getting a great <laughs> getting a great Easter basket from Uncle and Aunt Favorite in the background, who dropped off some chocolate, properly socially distanced chocolate. And this is Nico's great face. Celebrate and be surprised. We see it as well as a member of our congregation who's been sewing masks, as many of you have. Masks to help people, no doubt, which will go out to help people she doesn't even know. Thank you, Sherry. Celebrate and be surprised. Tim sent me this picture yesterday. He took down some, some foods from Wawa, down with some other folks from Wawa to drop out with our brothers and sisters down at St. Francis Inn in Kensington. Again, folks, can we see it there? Celebrate and be surprised. The beauty of that, folks, is incredible. And I think regardless of our life circumstances, we can work towards finding it. And maybe we can even find it in the ordinary places like this. Where, of course, our worries might easily, mine easily go to, who's wearing a mask, who isn't? You're closer than six feet away, but even there, can we just smile and breathe, learn to celebrate and be surprised at how God shows up there? So to close, folks, allow those words this Easter to just ring true for you. To stay close in your heart. I know this, this Easter season. Out of all the Easter's I've celebrated as a pastor, this is by far 
the one with the greatest amount of pain. The one with the greatest amount, maybe, of understanding. Good Friday. And because of that, brothers and sisters, this Easter might be the one where we come to best understand the true meaning of resurrection, of a love that can't fail, of a God who is consistently asking us to celebrate and be surprised, who's constantly showing up in small, little, joy-filled ways. Lord, may we have the eyes this Easter to see it. Because it's there. Because it's there. We won't find it in the tomb. The tomb is empty. We will find it in the view of God, the view of the Lord who gently says our name when we feel like we can't see him, who gently says, as the girls read, Mary. And you know what the beautiful line is right after that? Mary turns and sees Jesus, and there's this brief interaction there. And Jesus uses this word, rejoice. Now again, her life circumstances haven't changed, and they wouldn't change the next day. But the circumstances of her heart, totally different. A miracle. So she hears that name, folks. Hear the Lord saying that name to you. Your name. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Isaiah 43. She turns and she hears rejoice. External conditions the same. Heart conditions totally changed. And that word rejoice in Greek is the word thrive. Thrive. Our final wish for you this Easter Sunday. A time where we learn to celebrate, be surprised, and find joy in a new way. All men. Folks, have a blessed Easter. I'm going to now close us out with a prayer. After the prayer, you're going to have a chance to listen to a beautiful song, Into Faith I Go, as we work at taking that next step forward in faith over times that are challenging, but are times as well that are filled with a great deal of love, care, and concern. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for the people who've gathered from so many different parts of the country to join together in this Easter service. Lord, allow this Easter service to stir in our hearts that deep celebration, that deep surprise that is constantly your presence. And Lord, wake us up to see it. So I think so much of the time, 
When we don't see it, it ends up being startling. But then when we do start to see it, we start to see it everywhere. Help us, Lord, to see it everywhere. And help us, Lord, as well, to take that, to take that peace born in our hearts, our hearts reconfigured, and to share. And to share from that heart, to share from that place, to share with that light, and to share with that love. In your name, Lord, this Easter season, we pray with gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for being with us in this challenging time. Thank you, Lord, for walking with us. Help us, Lord, to connect, to share, and to love. The love that you have for us, which is a love that never fails. Happy Easter. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.